This is Steady Habits, a Connecticut Mirror podcast. It's where we take a look at life here in the land of steady habits, what works, what doesn't, and how to make things work just a little bit better. I'm John Dankosky. Thanks so much for joining me. Everyone has had their lives upended by this pandemic, but the problem has been most acutely felt by women, with more than 2 million leaving the workforce nationwide. And parents' lives have been disrupted too as they juggle jobs with at-home or blended learning for their school-aged children and limited childcare options. So you put those things together and you can see the problem for single working moms. Job insecurity, housing insecurity, and food insecurity are all realities, on top of the stress of living through a pandemic while raising children. Corey Tracy tells me self-care has not been a priority as she goes through life as the working mother of two. Kara Dwyer sees the impact of stress in her life as she juggles three jobs and an eighth grader at home. There are two of the women profiled in a series of stories published today in the Connecticut Mirror. A look at how the pandemic has affected the lives of single mothers in the state. This episode, we're going to meet Corey and Kara, find out how they're coping, and we're going to brainstorm some strategies to make their lives just a bit better. Here's our conversation. Corey and Kara, welcome to Steady Habits. Thank you both so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So I'll start with you, Corey. And if someone asked you how your life has changed during this last year and a few months, what would you tell them? Oh, that's a great question. Um, It's just a new way of living. I just feel like there's not really a, a scheduled start and stop to the day anymore like there was when we were going into offices and you know, the kids going back to school has been incredibly helpful, but it's still, it was only the beginning of April that my kids' schools actually opened for a full day. They've had a shortened schedule the entire year. So they've been getting home, you know, by 2.30 and I'm still working. Um, So I would just say it's just a, a feeling of continually being on, whether it is managing work, making sure while I'm working that the kids are okay, while I'm, you know, trying to spend dedicated time with the kids, sometimes getting, you know, checking in on something at work and making sure that that's okay. Um, I'm working a lot of times at night, you know, after the kids go to bed, just because I'm trying to keep up with everything. Um, so it's definitely changed. We don't see, you know, we were pretty outgoing people and seeing a lot of people. We don't, we see my, you know, my parents and sisters right now, but that's it. Um, and we didn't in the beginning of the pandemic, but, you know, now we've, I trust my sisters and everyone's now at least had their first shot. Um, Several of us are fully vaccinated. And so that's been really helpful because I think without that, that the first few months was incredibly hard. Mm. Kara, how about you? How, how has your life changed during this past year and a half? Um, Well, it started with the quarantine and that was kind of a nice break. I didn't work at all for just about three months. Um, and now I have three jobs because I have decided that living in poverty is too expensive. Um, all the late fees and overdraft fees and the physical, mental, emotional stress of not knowing where our next meal is coming from or if I can afford to pay the rent. Um, so it's it's been I echo what Corey said. It's been just super busy. There is no work life balance. Um, it seems like you know I 
get up in the morning and I go to my first job and depending on my schedule, I might have to rush directly to my second job. And in between, I'm trying to spend time with my son. Uh, he, We live with my mom, so at least he's not completely alone, but it's it's just still, it's another constant worry of every time I go into one of my places of work or to the store to get food or anywhere that I could possibly come into contact with the virus. I've had a couple of scares and thank God they both came back negative. But again, just the stress of wondering, all right, what if I have this? And I work in close quarters with people. I'm a massage therapist and I'm a home care provider. So I'm feeding people, toileting them, you know, giving them medications. And, you know, that's potential exposure for both of us all the time. And that's a really scary thing. We had to fight for months just to have the state provide our consumers with PPE for us, you know, trying to rewear masks for a week or wash gloves and hang them up to dry and then use them again. These were the things that they were recommending because of the shortages and everything. And um, it, it's gotten a little better, I think, with the vaccines and all that. But everything's still kind of up in the air with the the economy. We don't know how things are going to be a couple of months from now because they're starting to open things up more, but they're also seeing more cases. And it's it's just been a really strange adjustment. And I'm thankful to have made it through this far. And I hope for the best for the future, but it's a lot. Yeah. Hey, Corey, one of the things that Kara just said that you can – hear both in the words that she's saying, but also in the way that she's saying them is just stress. It's just a mm -hmm. very, it's been a very stressful time and you both have stressful lives to begin with. And this just added to it. Talk about the, the impact of stress in your life. Yes. And a hundred percent, but even listening to Kara, it reminds me too of the privilege that I have in the sense that I get to sit at a computer and work and I'm not, you know, worried about bringing a virus back to my children. So I just want to honor that, that I appreciate, you know, the position that I'm in um, and just sending love to you, Kara. Um, the, the stress, I mean, I have gained 15 pounds over the past year, just probably not even that I think I'm necessarily eating like a ton, but I'm not as I used to be very structured with my meal plan and doing intermittent fasting. Right. Um, and just getting up and moving my body, right? It's so easy to be completely, you know, like in front of a screen and I'm not getting up to walk to meetings um, and just constantly feeling like, am I doing enough for my kids? Am I doing enough at work? You know, worrying about um, making sure, you know, cause like Kara said, you know, wanting to make sure you have a roof over your head, right? And, um, you know, it's just, it's that constant with the economy and everything, just being mindful that you have to kind of it's all on you. Um, and I think it's scary anytime there's an, you know, an economic recession, but right now it has felt very scary that, you know, when it's one person providing that, that you need to, 
self-care has not been a, a top priority in the past year and a half. Yeah, it sounds, Kara, like like you feel that too, this idea that it's all on you. You need to work the three jobs because you need to put food on the table and you have to figure out how to get this done. Absolutely. Um, you know, nobody else is going to do it for me. And honestly, I do get a lot of help and support from my mom and she works two jobs. Um, and it's it's just ridiculous that people are put in these positions where we're doing essential work and we're expected to be there and be present for work, but we're not sure if we can do what we need to do for ourselves and our families to survive. And stress literally kills. It exacerbates any issue that you might already have. It brings out other issues that you didn't already have. And it, it suppresses your immune system, which makes you more susceptible to things like COVID. So it, there's got to be some kind of middle ground. We need more help. Um, my son hasn't been back to in-person school yet. Um, we his Our school district has been five days a week on a half day schedule since the beginning. And they're saying that in May, they're going to add another hour to the schedule. So it's still 45 minutes shy of a full school day, but it makes a little bit more sense in terms of, you know, my son walking to the bus stop, waiting for the bus, riding on the bus, waiting outside school to get into school. And then the reverse on the way home, that's almost two hours of waiting just to be in the building for four hours. And I don't know if that's conducive to much of anything, but at the same time, I don't have the knowledge, time or resources to be six teachers at the same time that I'm also working. <laughs> so so this is something that I've been hearing from from parents across the state, really across the country for this whole year. This incredible juggling act of having to be a teacher at home, helping to figure out technology, needing to maybe know a little something about subjects that you probably haven't studied in school in years yourself, right? You want your child to go to school to get that experience, but you also know that if the child goes to school, as you say, for half a day, you might not be getting all that much. I guess I'll start with you, Kara. I mean, how has that been, this roller coaster of in school, out of school, learning in front of a computer? What's it been like for you as a as a mom trying to help your your student grow? It's been an absolute nightmare. I feel like, you know, the curriculum is feeling more and more ridiculous. You know, they're having them spend all this time doing these mindless projects that aren't going to serve them in the future. Meanwhile, they really need to know like how to budget and how to cook and, you know, do things that they're going to need to survive in life, not things like abstract math and, you know, <laughs> detailed essays about fiction, you know, not that it's not, valuable in some way but i think there should be some more leeway especially with the math and they teach it differently with common core than they did back 
20 something years ago when I was still in school. Um, and I, I find myself a lot of times up until one or two o'clock in the morning, whether I'm at my third job of the day or helping my son with schoolwork. Um, and honestly, he's not very productive when other students are in the classroom because it's not as consistent to have the video classes. So he's just pretty much left to read the material and fend for himself. Um, and then I have to try and with an exhausted brain make things make sense. And if they don't make sense to me, how am I supposed to convey it to him? And, you know, I know a lot of the teachers are even in the same boat because I had asked one, you know, how come she hadn't graded anything in about a month? And she apologized profusely, saying that she had had to get a second job herself and she's a parent herself. So that right there, that's three jobs. <laughs> one of them unpaid being a parent. And it, it's just he's he's struggling. Um, we're really hoping that his application to a technical high school gets accepted. Uh, but his grades since the pandemic hit have really gone downhill. He was always an AB student and now we're struggling to get up to C's. Mm. Corey, how about you? I mean, what, what's it been like? So my kids are younger, right? My youngest one just went into kindergarten this year. So trying to help, and their teachers have been phenomenal, but trying to help a five-year-old understand, you know, she's not, she's still learning how to read. So in the beginning, especially when they were doing a hybrid model, and we've had quite a few um, stretches of distance learning again, you know, whether it be um, for the holidays or vaccination clinics or my older daughter, her class had to quarantine for two weeks. So she was home. Um, and it's hard because especially my older daughter, she does better in the classroom environment. She really kind of gets into the self-doubt routine when she's at home. And it's it's a lot of emotional labor to get her to focus back on on school. And my sister is a high school math teacher. And I cannot tell you how many times I have called her when my daughter needs help for math. And I have no idea what because it's not how I learned math at all. So I have to ask her. And she's like, oh, yep, this is what we do now. Um but it's definitely been a challenge because, you know, they want help and, you know, I will try to guide them, but I can't do the work for them. Right. Because that's not the point of them being in school and learning, but it's hard, especially during the day when I'm trying, I'm in conference calls and they're running in and saying, well, I need help with this. I need help with that. Um, and then they're also, you know, like arguing with each other during distance learning. Um, so it's definitely been a challenge. I think for me, I would say it's been a little bit easier this school year on the days of distance learning. Her, my older daughter's teacher did a great job last year too, but it was it was more like um, self-serve. You know, it wasn't synchronous learning, it was asynchronous learning. And that was a lot harder because she needed a lot more help. And then my youngest daughter, you know, her preschool completely shut down and they would send home like an assignment a week, but she was just completely like, I don't know what to do all day. And, you know, that was really hard. How do you make this better? I mean, obviously, this is not the situation that anybody wanted to be. And I'm just talking specifically about the education piece of it. But I mean, maybe one small bit of this is both of you have gotten to see up close how your children are educated, what your teachers have to go through. Uh, 
how difficult it is if they can't go to school every day. So I don't know, Corey, I mean, what, what's a way to make this whole thing better, do you think? Gosh, that's a great question. I mean, I admire and respect the teachers so much because this has been such a pivot, right, for them. You know, they're so used to doing in-the-classroom teaching. And now I know our school district recently asked any distance learners to please come back to school if their parents are comfortable so that they're not in for a complete shock in September when they've been out of school for 18 months, right? Um but I think, I wish I had an answer. I mean, I think it's just part of its patience. Um, I think part of it for all of us throughout this pandemic is lowering our expectations for ourselves too, of like, I have to remind myself a lot that we are living through this pandemic that, you know, hopefully is once in a century. Um, and it's okay if we're not okay right now. And, you know, just, and that's so why I try to remind myself of that with my kids too. Like they're doing the best they can, but they're dealing with a lot of emotional stress right now too. Um, and so just reminding them, like, just take it day by day. It's okay. And, um, you know, like I sent an email to the principal, just telling her what a great job I think the teachers were doing because I want to acknowledge how much extra effort they're doing and know that I appreciate them because I, especially, you know, in the young, I think all teachers, but especially like my daughter's kindergarten teacher, I hear her and she's so calm and patient. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great, but it's gotta be hard to try to, you know, tell a little five-year-old, you don't have to raise your hand at home to tell me you have to go to the bathroom, right? Like you can just go to the bathroom and, um, getting five-year-olds to sit in front of an iPad, you know, and actually focus, that is not an easy task to accomplish. So I wish I had a better answer, but I just, I don't know, just be gentle, I guess, with everybody and ourselves. But, but, but Kara, I don't know if that resonates with you. It certainly does with me, this idea that we have an expectation for what we need to do, this idea that maybe you need to give yourself a bit of a break because, damn, we're like living through this unprecedented time. No one can be expected to do it all or to be at their best. Right. I definitely agree with that at least to the extent of I know that I shouldn't put all this extra weight on my shoulders because there's always been a heavy weight there. Um, but at the same time, it's like, if if I don't do this, if I'm not the one to help him, who's going to do it? Um, and it's super important. I mean, my son's in eighth grade and he's supposed to be going to high school in the fall as long as he passes his classes um and it's a lot to think about like if we don't get it done now then he's gonna definitely have to be in summer school and then that's another expense and another stressor and you know if he gets into the new high school is he gonna have to wait a year to go back because he can't do you know, what he was supposed to do for eighth grade. Um, But yeah, I know we do have to give ourselves more grace and it's hard to do that as a parent, especially a single parent. No, I was just going to say also with myself, like I have to remind myself because I feel like I am, I try to be calm and patient, but I definitely like I'm a little bit shorter sometimes with my children. And I think part of that is the stress. And so, you know, I will own up to it when I do. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, that was totally mommy's fault. I am just not handling all of this stuff well right now. And I, I hope that that also shows them that it's okay for them to make mistakes and realize that. Um, But I definitely feel like I'm 
grumpier than I was before. And that a lot of that is due to stress and, and not having that time, you know, to decompress every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kara, I saw you nodding your head. Yes, I totally agree with that. <laughs> it's just one thing to the next thing. And then, oh, shoot, if I don't sleep now, then I'm going to sleep through my alarm and I'm going to mess up the whole day tomorrow. <laughs> One thing that you said earlier, Kara, is that early on in the pandemic, uh, when we were in quarantine, you you had a break from work. And I assume that at, during that time, you were able to take advantage of some of the unemployment insurance that, that was provided by the state and the federal government. Yes, it was. it was very stressful. But as soon as the money from my income tax ran out, the stimulus check came through. And as soon as that money ran out, I got my back unemployment. And um, in June, I went back to working in massage. And in July, I took on a home care client. And just last month, I started with my new home care client. Um, so it's been a pretty steady stream of income, but it's still nerve wracking because we don't know whether they're all of a sudden going to decide that personal services are a high risk. And then I can't massage anymore. And that's where I get the most of my money from because the home care is state funded and they um, don't pay very well and we have no benefits. That's another concern, you know, even when it came up that I had a possible exposure to COVID, it's like, oh, no, can I afford to not go to work today so I can get a test? Because, you know, (laughs) just one missed shift can create a complete snowball effect that has months of consequences. And I've been in that position before even prior to the pandemic where, you know, my payroll company messed up for the umpteenth time and didn't issue my check on Friday. And I had to wait another week or two to get the money. And by then my bills were late and I had three or four overdraft fees that were more than the money that I earned in the first place. Um, So it's just, it's always so much. And I feel like if our programs were better funded, if uh, essential workers and workers in general and parents were more appreciated, then we would have those cushions. We would have paid sick time. We would have, you know, better funding for our programs so that we could earn more money and not have to work as much. Yeah. You know, what's what's fascinating to me about this whole thing, Corey, is that somehow or other in this crisis, America found a way to write checks for billions of dollars of people to not go to work for a while mm-hmm. because we needed to do that. And obviously the circumstances weren't great, but out of the clear blue sky, we found the money to make people's mm-hmm. lives just a little bit easier through something that was difficult. And I guess I just wonder if in your mind, it points to a direction that we might want to head so that people like you and Kara, who are doing the very important job of parenting, but also very important jobs of your own in the economy could just have a little bit of headroom, just a little bit of, I don't know, time and space to be able to 
to save and not feel like you're always under the gun? A hundred percent. I think that this pandemic has really, not that we weren't aware before, but it's really driven home the fact that so much of our society is held together with scotch tape. I mean, it is, there is no reason why we should not be providing support to people, lifting people up out of poverty. No one should have to live. Anyone that is working, that is doing their best, even if you're not, like if you're on disability, anything, you should have, we are one of the, you know, this is America. People should have healthcare. People should have the opportunity preschool, right? I am a huge believer that preschool should be universal because how else are, you know, kids now, if you start kindergarten and you don't go to preschool, you are behind. And that's starting this inequity, even, you know, as a child. So I absolutely think that it shows that we do need a social safety net. Um, we should all want, it's better for everyone when America is more equitable because that offers up so many more opportunities for people, right? I um, I know, I think right now it's only for one year, but I applaud President Biden for this idea of the child tax credit um, coming through monthly payments if they can. I hope they extend that. Um, I think especially for people that have young children where and your kids always cost money, right? But when your children are younger and you need diapers and formula, and maybe you don't qualify for, you know, um, WIC, but you still are really struggling to make ends meet. People need that because, you know, if you want, and I know our birth rate is going down in America, if you want people to have children, right, you need to make it so that it's actually tangible for them. And I think there's a lot of policies that are coming up right now that I think are things we should really look at if we want to um, allow everyone in this country to have a chance. Kara, do you have a thought on that? Um, yeah, I agree 100%. We definitely need better social safety nets. And, you know, um, one thing that was great in the last package that was passed is that uh, kids who are in public schools that would have been able to get free or reduced lunch, um, they sent out food stamp cards to help and cover some of that cost for the kids who are at home or partly at home or or that were in school. But every couple of weeks, there seems to be a staff shortage due to exposure. And then they're sending them back home for a few days or a week. Um, So things like that, like something so minor as a couple hundred dollars for food to last a whole school year, mind you, (laughs) and halfway through it at that, um, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's huge. So I feel like the, you know, the billionaires who got a lot richer in the last 13, 14 months, um, it would be wonderful if they could just kick back a percentage point or two to help their neighbors. Mm-hmm. It would go such a long way. Hmm. I agree. Is there anything that um, you want to say to each other before I let you go? No, I mean, I just, uh, kudos to you. You're doing a great job. Um, That's a lot to carry on your shoulders of three jobs. So, you know, and I am sure your son appreciates it. Maybe he doesn't verbalize that right now, but I'm sure he appreciates that. And um, just good luck to you. 
Thank you. And same to you, because I know how hard it is with just one child <laughs> and a fairly self-sufficient teenager at that. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine going through it with two little ones right now. Um, but keep your head up. We got this. And hopefully the state does something to make things easier on us. Hmm. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Best of luck. And what I can do is let, let's plan to check in again, maybe in a couple months and see if things are looking up here. Sound okay? Yeah, that sounds great. Excellent. Good to meet you both. Thanks to Beth Hamilton and her team of reporters and photographer Yehun Kim for their excellent series on working moms in Connecticut, which you can read today in the Connecticut Mirror. It's ctmirror.org. Thanks so much to George Mastrianis and Dave Swanson at Legend Studios in Avon, Connecticut for providing our steady beats. I'm John Dankosky. Thanks so much again for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>